0: Hello, I'm William Gallagher, and this is the Apple Insider Podcast. This episode is brought to you by Notion. More from them later. Now, Apple has just announced its changes to the App Store for users in the European Union, and you can bet there's going to be a lot of discussion about that in the coming weeks. For one thing, the terms for developers who want to offer an alternative App Store seem to be be less draconian than everyone thought Apple would do. At first glance, It even seems well worked out for users, too. We'll know more now that the beta of iOS 17.4 has been released to developers and includes all of the changes, or at least does if you're a developer in the EU. But for now, joining me for what he expects is a discussion about 40 years of the Mac. What he imagines is about a Vision Pro, and what he possibly hopes is about the iPad, is Wes Hilliard. Wes, hello. Good morning, William. How are you doing today? Uh, uh, Well, I was fine. I was great, actually. And there's so much to be interested about (laughs) until I heard you on iPad Pro's podcast. And there's a particular thing I just totally selfishly, I want your advice on something you mentioned in that about how you use your iPads. But also, in the week of the 40th anniversary of the Mac, you at least alluded to the idea that the Mac was reminiscent of Windows 2000 and I would like you to prostrate yourself, explain, beg for forgiveness. <laughs> <laughs> How do you explain that? It?
1: Well, it's, it's all the same thing. Uh, it's just, it's just all the same thing. You, you've got a, a mouse and a, a, a desktop and a little start bar. Uh, you, you click on an application, it opens a window. Uh, it, it the, the, paradigm's been around for a hundred years, uh, give or take, uh, 40 maybe. Uh, and it's just, I don't know. It feels old. It, I, I mean, I've been doing the same thing with a computer since I was a child, and we'll we'll get into that later. But, like, yeah, it, it, something about it just feels dated. Nothing, no, no matter how well you polish it, no matter what macOS looks like today, how it's taken on iOS paradigms, and it's still the same concept. And that's good in a way, because it stands the test of time. They nailed it. They got it on the first try. They really did. But also... Here we are, 40 years later, mouse and a GUI <laughs> doing very different things, very exciting, very powerful things, but with the same interaction paradigm. And that's, that. I guess, maybe makes Good it feel so. old I
0: haven't heard, the, is it a word, GUI, in so long. I remember when that was the big thing. Uh, and now, what else would you have? I mean, you can go to Terminal and do command line stuff there, but GUI is the normal thing instead of... Uh, <gasps> new feature graphical user interface or whatever it was uh, but also excuse me w- wash your mouth out sir there was never a start button on the <laughs> mac that was a windows thing and no no famously, that's not what i mean
1: no not the start yeah. bur- button but the the task like the, the dock, bar right yes. it's, you you have a you have well, you you yes, you have the menu bar and you have the dock, but and Windows didn't do similarly, at least till recently. And people try to mimic that with different dock launchers on Windows. Of course, the paradigms are very slightly altered. You click a start bar to get to basically an interactive dock where there's a bunch of items, or maybe even the uh, app launcher. You could call the start bar, but regardless, it's it's kind of the same concept, just it shown in different me, ways, wasn't
0: it? Uh, um the Mac versus PC ads. Obviously, there was this joke once of how totally different Windows was because there's Spotlight, the search in uh, would have been top right and Windows has this thing, a search thing, top left, couldn't be more different kind of thing. So, OK, I see the point. There's a a lot of similarity, but we are here to celebrate, I think. I'm... i I know I started in Macs, using Macs before you did, uh, so i kind of been a- along for the ride for a shocking amount of time. System 6 I came in on. Uh, you came in what uh, after they'd stopped numbering them, in fact. you When you had your brief um, hiatus, your halcyon two years with the Mac, what operating system was it on by then?
1: Oh, so we're talking about now. Uh, Mac OS, geez... High Sierra, Mojave, I, whatever that those couple of years were, the those those like three years, basically from twenty nineteen to today, all those names get mixed up to me. I know we're on Sonoma now, and previous generation was Ventura, so I would have been on Ventura for half of that. So what was before uh, Ventura?
0: Yes, that one. Um
1: <laughs> so, so that one in Ventura uh, were the ones I operated on when I had a, when I was using a Mac. You know, we're, we're
0: on the way to being halfway through Mac OS Sonoma, and I finally stopped having to say carcinoma in my head to get the name right. I'm used to it now, and they're mm-hmm. going to replace it with, you know, Mac OS something else in California in just a few months' time.
1: Hmm. Well, well, before uh, we move too far afield uh, from the iPad pros mentioned. Yeah, that that was a fun podcast and I talk a lot about that kind of stuff and and what made me enjoy using an iPad versus a Mac, why I went back to Mac, why I went back to iPad again a second time. It's all it's a all very good conversation, if you haven't heard it yet. Uh, definitely I have give heard a listen. it. I
0: thought it was particularly interesting, because you mentioned in it, uh, you make it sound like you've told everybody your history before, but it was all new to me, all the ship stuff you did, the Navy work and things like that, and the you know—the bad days, the terrible days with Android. You know, we're, we're all young once, and we move on out of these things. <laughs> There'll be definitely be a link to that uh, interview before, because it's very wide-ranging and deeply interesting.
1: Oh, yeah. I used to be... Mm-hmm. I used to be quite the uh, Google fanatic. I used to uh, praise Android and Google and uh, evangelize those systems and tell people about how to uh, better use their Google search and stuff like that. I I was quite the uh, Android fanboy. Did not like Apple one bit for several years there. Um, Tell me, Wes. um, Yeah, it's it's, it's quite funny. Let's just take a moment in
0: this 50-minute hour to discuss the inner feelings of you and why you went through it you did, did you have, many chance, a bad
1: experience <laughs> with a Mac
0: early in your life?
1: Well, I wouldn't say a bad experience. The only experience I ever had with a Mac, uh, and that's why I want to ask you as well, so everyone's posting their first experiences on Mastodon and uh, possibly Twitter, I haven't checked, but uh, they're talking about it because it's the 40th anniversary of the Mac. So my first experience... With a Mac, was in kindergarten, nineteen ninety six. Uh, that's that's our pre-first like grade oh, here in uh, the United you. States, William. Yeah. It's basically you're five years old. It's your first day of school, um, and yeah, they had a they had Macs at my elementary school. I'm assuming they were older. They they weren't the brand new. Um, I'm assuming performers of the time, but they were performers. They had a floppy drive. That's all I can tell you. I don't. I don't have enough information. I do know they were the Apple branded ones. They didn't lack the Apple logo because they weren't doing. They yeah. weren't part of that mess where they were trying to debrand them. Um, yeah. So I remember the logo yeah. on the front, uh, but I do remember loading games onto <laughs> it to play like math and uh, alphabet games onto these performers. And by first grade, I come back, and uh, they were all Windows uh, ninety seven, uh, units. So very, very abrupt change. Uh, and I was windows, uh, through my education, uh, ever since never saw a Mac again in the wild, just because in our area, it would be quite a lot of money to spend on a computer. iPods of course were very abundant, but you just never saw a Mac. So I didn't, I I always knew they kind of existed as the other computer. I just never considered them, um, in my life at all until I was able to buy a computer. And after I got over my little Android windows phase of, uh, learning and, uh, exploring those things. And then when I moved to Mac in 2014, moved to Apple, really, um, Mac was on my mind. And the first thing I decided to buy was a I might be getting this wrong. I'm, I, I I tried to search back. I didn't take photos as often as I used to, and I definitely didn't take photos of the things I owned. So I could not find any instance where I owned a Mac before this. So I'm assuming my first Mac was a 2015 MacBook Pro that I purchased while I was in um, Bahrain on deployment in uh, twenty four twenty late 2013, early 2014. Wow. So yeah that that would have that would have <laughs> been it. Just to... <laughs> had the wrong uh, key layout and everything. You buy it while
0: on deployment in Bahrain, uh, and I just bought one from the local shop. I feel there's a difference of experience there a little bit. But also, Performer, that's another word I haven't heard so long. I worked on a magazine once in the UK where Production Desk used... uh, They had a a Mac 2FX that they loved. It was the wicked fast computer it was known. And also, there were a couple of Quadras and Centrists, all these dreadful names as Apple tried to make... Yeah, uh, uh, well, instead of a Mac for the rest of us, a different Mac for every single person. For it, they were not the good days, there. But I bought a Macintosh LC. Well,
1: I mean, um, nice. I mean, w- Windows at the time was what Pentium and Centurion. Oh, nice. I mean, they didn't have great names oh, yeah, either. I'd forgotten so. <laughs> those?
0: Yeah, Power PC was actually quite a good name, in a way. Well, PowerBook it was, was a good. good. I miss the PowerBook days. Jeanette Winston has a book out called the Power Book. She spells it with, I think, uh, separately two words, and I read it, and it's a description. The f- opening chapter is about computers and screens, and it's clearly a Windows thing, and I can't read it because well, you've told me it's a Power Book, and I know it isn't. You know, so she wrote "Oranges Are Not the Only Fruit," which is just so, an incredible piece of work, but I can't read that one.
1: So, William, your your first Mac was the. F- Uh, Your first experience with a Mac was when you purchased, or did you experience it before that? No, I worked
0: writing computer manuals for a company that for a little while had uh, a Mac SE for me. And then after a bit, they updated it in front of me to a Mac SE 30. (laughs) Some guy comes in. I think it was one man. One man and a screwdriver. That's the image I've got. Uh, Basically took off the front potted around in the middle, put the front back on with a new name on it, and then left, and it was suddenly faster. <coughs> and I thought fast enough to install the then-new System 7, which had uh, the multi I think it was called, let you run multiple apps at the same time. And that was true, but I didn't have enough RAM in the machine, so it was forever falling over, and I was getting dirty looks from my editor at the time. Mind you, that editor <laughs> later said that he wished he'd bought PCs. And I asked him, and he said, well, because I've used Macs now, i will try something else. That felt less a thorough examination of the job than maybe it needed to be. Right. Anyway, listen, right. listen, we're talking a lot about uh, Macs and the 40th anniversary. Uh, you pointed out to me that Apple isn't pointing out quite as much as we are. Is Apple not that fussed about the 40th?
1: I don't know. It's uh the, it's middle age now. Maybe they're a little embarrassed by their age and uh they just want to they they don't want to discuss birthdays anymore. Uh William, it's it's once you reach a certain age in life, you just stop bringing it up, you know. Um Yes.
0: When I get to 21, it's... I imagine I'll be the same.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, right. No, it's just uh it so as I noted, um the 30th anniversary, Apple did this whole thing. It was a huge kind of video presentation of all these mac users i believe they even went so far to say like we filmed it all on iphone on the same day around the world simultaneously and stitched it together in this love letter to the mac and it was this whole thing and people loved it and it was this great just celebration of this computer that created apple and the 40th comes by and a couple of days ago, I think there was an interview with some executives talking about, yeah, the Mac, that was cool. <laughs> and that's pretty much all we got. A Steve Jobs Archive update added a um, an email archive that belongs to MailChimp. That isn't even a URL for Steve Jobs Archive, but it's a MailChimp <laughs> URL that lets you read this ancient email oh, with some photographs of the oh. Mac team, which is... which. Yeah, which was cool. No, I, I think you actually wrote that story. Well, okay, that's um, hopefully enough. I, mean, I did write a story.
0: the Steve Jobs archive emailed out uh, uses one report uh, f- from 1984 of what Rolling Stone photographer I've forgotten his name. I'm sorry, uh, what it was like when he arrived just before the launch of the Mac, and it's it's a really nice story. But I didn't realize right. there was more. I want more.
1: It, no, it's a it's a great story, uh, but I believe the origination of that um of that story is actually a mailchimp link of a of some archived oh. <laughs> email which is what's really funny um i i just i just find that kind of humorous it it uh, that they didn't even like format it for the site or whatever maybe i'm wrong and it was a different piece of uh information inside of the well, Jobs archive now? But um... I actually—I
0: say I only ever visit their Steve Jobs archive when they announce something like a book or something, and they email and they get it. I never think to check it out. And when I did go to look, uh, just get a link for the, you know, the overall site for it. They're doing all sorts of things now. I mean, the publications, yes, but also they're running uh, programs to kind of inspire uh, younger people to follow in Jobs's footsteps. I mean, not directly in his footsteps, but to kind of have that uh, impetus, that entrepreneurship. For it so they're doing oodles of things that's a good word. Oodles, they're doing oodles. Do you like oodles? I like oodles. This is going crazy. Oodles, is that an yeah, oodle? it means lots. Uh, uh, yeah, okay. Uh-huh. Um, I feel let's draw a line <laughs> under oodles then. Uh, given that this is the 40th no. year of the Mac, I'm interested in the fact that it's also the first year of the Vision Pro. Um, can you see a direct line between the two?
1: The Mac and between... Vision Pro
0: is the Vision Pro really just a Mac on your gob,
1: on your face rather?
0: So...
1: Well, if it, if anything, it's an iPad on your face. Um, I don't really make too much connection. It's kind of funny. I, the Mac. Um, Builds right, so it's still that workhorse. It's still that development tool. Um, Vision Pro, if anything, is an accessory mm-hmm. to the Mac. Uh, if you want to compare it to the Mac at all, um, it's definitely its own computing platform in its own way, like the iPad. But it also can accessorize the Mac like the iPad can via its sure. own um, screen sharing technology. So it's it's multifaceted in a lot of ways. But I think. Um, As an iPad user, I see a lot of value in Vision Pro because of all of my workflows being able to be ported to it directly, but as a Mac user, I can also see it being very powerful because not only do you get all of the iPad interface and apps and interactions and the newness of technology that I enjoy, but you can bring your Mac uh, apps in as a window and interact with it as well. And uh, you can even hook up keyboards and trackpads to the Vision Pro to interact with everything natively uh, through um, iPad and Mac's uh, trackpad system and and keyboard system and feel perfectly at home in the Vision Pro. And I I think that part of that is because the Mac exists. And, you know, and without the Mac, there wouldn't be a Vision Pro. There wouldn't even be an iPhone. So, you know, I I think they all borrow from each other. Did you see the thing a
0: few months ago where somebody managed to get Windows XP? running on the vision pro simulator i don't really know why but it was quite well, an impressive uh, thing
1: yeah i think it's just people well you're the guy who likes you know.
0: emulators and stuff don't you so maybe you would pursue that kind of line as well but not me i don't think curiosity
1: yeah, i'm not going to run an operating system in the vision pro i don't think um I mean, Windows XP can run in a browser, so you can go to a website and and run really? Windows XP. I so.
0: will not rush. It's,
1: to Go do that, but it's interesting to know.
0: Um, I tell you something else. Sorry. I,
1: no. I think I have a I have a bookmark to Windows ninety eight saved just right. because. Please I think rush funny. me a copy. Go play some space invaders. Does that space have to go in the
0: uh, the show links? Do you think? Now we brought it up. I suppose it does, <laughs> doesn't it? But no one has to <laughs> click it. I'll find okay? it. Yeah,
1: you know, it's just there. Yep. Know, no, it's there. It's useful but go beat right. go, go beat the high score in space invaders that's that's always fun the the pinball game that's built oh, into windows i had no
0: idea space invaders is built into windows i remember um Othello yeah, or Yahtzee like, or something. yeah the
1: pinball game is just part of Man. it <laughs> yeah i don't know why they did that but it's just there it boots in and they, there's a pinball game back in the game. day the oh. mac
0: had that uh, what do you call that puzzle the sliding block puzzle that's all that came with the mac back here in the youth of its time, but okay. Uh, I was amused by you going straight to games at your kindergarten. I felt like that's, is that where it began for you, this mad, crazy games obsession you have?
1: No, uh, there was already a Super Nintendo and a Sega Genesis in my home by the time I attended kindergarten. Uh, I'll
0: tell you something I did I thought was stupid, actually. One week ago, we were talking about Vision Pro and the pre-orders, and I I knew full well that uh we were recording just before pre-orders opened on the Friday and they would the things would actually be delivered or be in people's hands in stores on February the 2nd but in my mind you were already packing for your Nashville trip as we talked but um we're not are we and as we talked I don't know whether you actually successfully placed an order did you get were you beaten by all of these bots that apparently ordered loads of them
1: So yeah, I actually did succeed uh, in pre-ordering. So I I went ahead and ordered the Vision Pro with one terabyte of storage because I'm a madman. Um, Well, so you have to rely on the rumors and I don't think enough people are paying attention to it. I know the rumors can be wrong. We could get a Vision Pro in six months and they can call it the new Vision Pro. I don't know. We'll find out. But what it looks like from the supply chain is they can't make enough of these things already sony's angry at apple at soaking up their entire distribution platform for these things um there's so there's all this drama there's all this going on and the what it looks like is the apple vision the cheaper version of this headset won't even be announced mentioned until 2025 sometime and i'm not interested in that one it's going to be cheaper and it'll have similar features but it'll be by all accounts a lesser version of this one and if it can do anything the vision pro can't that'll be interesting of apple to do i don't know that they'll do that but if they could pull an ipad and be like oh by the way in the meantime since we've in- introduced the vision pro we introduced uh, apple pencil hover and here you i don't know but anyway uh so I, I don't really have much interest in buying that one if i already have the vision pro i don't need to downgrade to the apple vision the next vision pro isn't expected until 2027 three years from now maybe 26 but the rumors are suggesting 27 so if i'm going to have this computer for the next three years i'm going to want as much storage as possible because we don't know what the paradigm is going to look like we're not going to know what apps are going to be available how the how things are going to shift in the next three years vision os4 right like what is going to change how are things going to happen so i wanted the most storage available so i went ahead and got one terabyte and uh pickup day in nashville at the store my initial order was going to be pick up at 8 uh, eight thirty and for whatever reason i went to check out and it said no mm-hmm. pick a different time and it made made me pick nine o'clock. So someone stole my slot, apparently, which is fine. But that that's kind of funny. So at least one other person that I know of bought an Apple Vision Pro uh, so in Nashville. Get there we'll ten minutes fighting. early.
0: You'll see them coming out. You'll know who they were.
1: Yeah, this right. Is, this stuff is personal. <laughs> no, but that that's uh, that. So that that pre order process went fairly smoothly, uh, quickly, and no real headache. And my weird military. Uh, eye prescription got accepted and ordered my Zeiss uh, inserts as well, which may not be here for me to go to Nashville with. I might have to set up the Apple Vision Pro with my natural eyesight, which will be fun, which I can see um, without glasses. uh, Unlike other people, my glasses are mostly decoration. Uh, I'm, I'm nearsighted and I can't, like, read far away, but I can see. So I'm not even actually legally required to drive with glasses, though it's <laughs> recommended. Um, but, like, yeah, I, I'll be able to operate Vision Pro fine without them, but they'll be they'll be needed. So hopefully those arrive before I go to Nashville. Otherwise, it'll be a little blurry for me.
0: My mind, So I, I, I realize what you're saying about the storage, the one terabyte thing, and the increases the longevity of it. The only bad problems I've had ever with Mac gear has been when the storage has been inadequate. Even with you know quite low ram i've been all right since the se30 days storage yes but when you say that about an apple vision i was trying to think what could apple drop um from the only thing i can think of is eyesight i could see them shedding the eyesight function for a cheaper thing
1: ah. oh well so a cheaper apple vision pro or apple vision i suppose uh, i'm sure they'll call it some there it needs a moniker on the end there it doesn't make sense to just, just call it vision se, right um, apple vision that's se a marvel superhero do.
0: yes say i should be working for apple Sorted. se
1: no se works um what's light i don't know we'll we'll see se actually fits in with actually, apple's yeah, naming things so but it just we'll, we'll see. to me
0: um the apple watch didn't have any kind of um version descriptor until the apple watch series one came out and everybody started talking about series zero well, so it could be anything
1: c- kind of but when the apple watch originally launched it was uh, the the nomenclature was there but in a different way uh if you bought the apple watch sport oh, you got the cheap model if you got the apple watch um gosh what was Oh, it was just the Apple Watch. Uh, that that was your stainless steel model, and then the addition was your gold model, right? So they still had naming separators. It wasn't until later that they introduced the SE and the series versions and stuff. But no, uh, I could definitely see technology-wise. Um, if the Apple Vision releases, it'll still be the R1 and M2. They can't really remove that, but it might be a lower-core M2, so uh, we might see eight okay. cores instead of 10. Um, the display, as you say... I don't know that they would get rid of eyesight entirely, but it could be a different type of display. Um, or, yes, it, it could just be a flat plastic front uh, at a la like a, a MetaQuest kind of thing. But see, the problem with that is, and see, a lot of people are going for eyesight, but the front glass is what allows the cameras, uh, because the cameras are using the sale. front glass as a lens t- to to view the world. Yeah. So getting rid of that because people are all worried about the weight and we'll get into the weight in a minute it's actually not an issue now that we know the weight it's such a non-issue it's hilarious but um, so getting away from weight the I don't think the front glass is going to change because that is critical to the cameras maybe they change the camera system but again they then it would be a completely different device so to make this thing cheaper let's be real people are out there expecting Apple to release Apple vision se. And it costs two thousand dollars. I don't think so. It'll be twenty seven <laughs> ninety nine. <laughs> it's still going to be an expensive product. It'll just be slightly more affordable. Well, uh, by a magnitude. I mean a thousand dollars is a big difference. But we'll 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 see. Uh, but there are things it can do. And of course, the technology matures. Maybe Apple releases almost the same headset and just calls it a different name because now it's a little cheaper. And it comes in more colorful bands or something. I don't know. But um, that'll be an interesting story if it happens at all. Because some rumors are suggesting Apple's going to skip releasing a separate entity altogether this first generation. And wait until Apple Vision Pro 2 is announced to announce a second generation cheaper model. Which would then make sense for it to basically be the original Apple Vision Pro. Mm. Maybe lesser cores. A little cheaper, and that and that would be twenty twenty seven still. So if you're holding out, you'll be waiting a few years. I am wondering when it's
0: going to come to the UK, but I'm sure. I think it's just this year. You're absolutely this year. sure about that? I can rely on you.
1: App, Apple Apple has made it clear that um, external uh, to the United States uh, shipments will begin in twenty twenty four, and UK is usually top of that list. So I would assume Canada, UK, you know that kind of stuff we'll be hearing about this summer. Like, if you really want one, William, you, you, you'll you be able to order one in July, but it doesn't yeah, come in that, blue, that's so the thing. It's
0: not the doing. money. No, 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 no. Not the money at all. No, it's the blueness and the lack of. Uh, I feel they've personally let me down there. But maybe in July they'll come out with an Apple card in the UK as well, and we can do some, mm-hmm. um, what do you call it, monthly installments from now until uh, 2027, and the next one... Comes out, this it all fits. God, they've planned everything.
1: Yeah, I realize we we left the 40 years of Mac, yeah, uh, but 40 can...
0: years of Mac will never leave can... us. It's a precious, special thing. Yeah, and you raised a thing I've got to ask you about because I think I might disagree with you the weight of the headset. I know you're right that we know the figure, okay. uh, but I don't remember what it is for it, just uh, lighter
1: than expected.
0: Is that fair to say?
1: Okay, so. This it's been a whole thing all not all of them let's be clear a a handful of the journalists and developers that have gotten their hands on apple vision pro so far have commented on the weight and as far as i know and as far as i can tell i don't think any of them ever used a headset before uh because and maybe they have and i'm sure it is heavy i'm sure it is front heavy um these weights are relative to the headset, maybe the headband, uh, and some of these is uh, distributes it differently. Sure, I'll I'll take any of that, but the absolute weight, um, of, um yeah. So th- they don't include the battery weight because the battery is attached mm-hmm. to a cable. But the Apple Vision Pro, uh, just the entire headset is 650 grams at most because the different yeah, um, lenses, yes, light seals and. They can but so with everything attached, the heaviest components you can attach, 650 grams or 1.4 pounds for uh people who care about pounds. So um for reference, that's actually very middling. If you put it on a chart of every headset, like VR headset that's out there on the market that's existed, um, from like HTC Vive, I think is like the heaviest, and it's even it's much heavier at apple vision at like 1.8 pounds or some, something something i these aren't exact numbers anymore so take me for the, I, I, like go look at it they are heavier but it's just i don't sure. have the exact weights um but apple vision pro is at 1.4 but what i do know because i have some reference is psvr2 without the cable weight because sony excludes that but the cable is permanently attached and required for use um the the PSVR two is like one point three six pounds, um, six hundred and twenty some grams it, somewhere in there, A li- just fractionally less. But if you include mm-hmm. the weight of that cable, um, the gravity pulling down on it, it's and it pulls down on the front of your face by the way because the cable attaches to the side of your head. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's automatically within range of apple vision pro if not right at it um so if you've used a psvr2 comfortably apple vision pro is not going to be a problem and all of the weight of psvr2 sits on your forehead and if everyone's like well why why is it so heavy it's plastic right psvr2 has uh multiple vibrational motors so these metal um motors that vibrate to give you haptic feedback when you're playing video games. Uh, not many other headsets do that. And that's why PSVR two weighs so much. Uh, in in addition to it's, uh, multiple onboard sensors and its own glasses and, and and that, that are weighty on their own. So there you have it. And the, um, Battery, by the way, weighs less than a pound at 12 ounces, uh, if yeah. anyone's wearing like 12.6 ounces. As you were
0: saying that, I mean, you said this about the, the other headset. It was occurring to me that the battery, even if not attached, it must be pulling on somewhere. I don't know where the battery attaches on the Vision Pro, actually.
1: So the funny thing about the battery is, I mean, okay, yes, if you let the battery dangle to the floor and pull your head down, then the weight would be acting on your head. Uh, That's not how this is going to work. The cable will be adding some weight uh, to the headset, surely, but also maybe not so much as, say, PSVR, because PSVR kind of drapes off into the abyss and then has to connect to the PlayStation um, the way the Apple vision cable is going to work is you can, you can either run it down your back or run it down your shirt or your hoodie, whatever. Uh, like for me, if I, if I'm going to be using it for a long period of time, I might run it down my shirt, you know, like a classic, classic teen wearing headphones, uh, back in the day, kids, uh, they headphones had cables and you'd run them through your shirt to hide the, anyway, um,
0: That's what you might do. Okay. Um, I did say that I thought I might disagree with you, and I'm not sure now. The reason that was on my mind is that uh, as we record this today, just a little while ago, um, I read a story about a newly revealed uh, patent application that Apple has put in. And it's all about using Apple Vision Pro to monitor uh, the strain on neck muscles. And it's really clever because it has no way to actually measure a strain on the neck muscles because, you know, it's all up around your eyes and nothing reaches down there. And yet through posture and all sorts of really clever things, it's able to determine that, you know, you're in trouble here. It will adjust so what you're looking at to make it slightly more comfortable in some way, or it will start glowing saying, listen, you know, time for a cup of tea. I don't know that that's the exact error message, but... Yeah.
1: Posture... I I think posture monitoring would be interesting. I think that would be a good implementation if Apple can do it. I mean, Mm -hmm. patents are always fun. Uh, But I think posture in general is going to be very important with this. Uh, You can't be slouching with your head down. Um, I think the most comfortable position is going to be leaned back, looking up, honestly. Um, That'll be great if you're a touch typist with a keyboard. You can maybe uh, lounge back a little bit and look up at your windows. Uh, I already know that I'm likely going to just empty my desk and just use my desktop with a keyboard and trackpad, and that'll probably be all that's on it, other than maybe my open MacBook or something. Uh, so I'm already looking at just dismantling my office. This is going to be a lot of fun. But um, yeah, I don't know. The, it's it's so hard to describe. Once I actually have this thing and try it, I'm going to be demoing. I'm going to be wearing it. Uh, like I'm going to be doing the re- the review for Apple Insider. You're going to be hearing everything you could ever possibly want to know about Apple Vision Pro for me. Don't worry. But um, yeah, as far as how long you can wear it before it becomes uncomfortable, I think that depends on the band you're using. Uh, as people have said, that strap that goes behind your head, it's putting the weight on uh, the bridge of your forehead and the top of your nose. And I, I would assume that would become uncomfortable after a couple of hours. So that might be... At most, you're, you know, if you just want to quickly pop it on and do maybe do some work, take some breaks in between, you could probably make it last all day. But if you're really planning on using it for an eight-hour work shift, you're probably going to use the two-band system, get it adjusted to your head size, and put all of the weight on that top strap, which your head's pretty good at supporting weight. It would pretty much ignore... you know what, one point four pounds at that point, so you you would barely notice it was there. It won't look as nice, but who's looking at you at that point? Um, so, yeah, and, and third party bands should come in. We'll see some uh, people try different cushioning, different things, um, and I, f- I guess we never got to it. You wondered how does the battery work? It connects over a magnetic connector that looks kind of like oh, an great. Apple Watch charger. Oh. It sticks to the side of the headband. Uh, on, I think, the left side and drapes over your back, basically. And goes into the... And this is interesting. uh, The top of the battery and the uh, right next to that connector is a USB-C port. So the cable going in and the USB-C port going out are both in the top of the battery. So if you put it in your back pocket, both cables are facing the same way, which is great.
0: I hadn't thought about this until you said that about clearing your desk for it. You sound... um... Quite convinced already that this is going to be your major working tool. That it's not going to be put it on for half an hour, write the review, and forget about it. Uh, do you feel that Vision Pro is
1: a success for you already? I think so, in a way. um I mean, it's it's funny. um It's an iPad uh, for all intents and purposes. This thing is is running um, iPad software and I'm already familiar with uh, iPads. Um, yes, there's a few major apps missing, but I already don't really use any of those apps. I'm not really, I don't care for Netflix content. I have like three shows a year. I watch on there, um, that I really need to start unsubscribing between, but, uh, I need to get people off my logins to do that. But, um, Spotify, whatever YouTube. Um, I don't really do YouTube, but there's um, actually great options for that. Uh, And again, these are all in the browser anyway, but uh, Play by, I believe, Marcos Tanaka is an excellent app that if anyone hasn't tried it, it's a good way to follow channels you subscribe to and view their videos within this native uh, app player, which is also native to Vision Pro at launch. We'll be trying that out. Um, I just, I can see my workflows working in this space. I can see pulling my MacBook uh, pro, which is still at my desk, pulling that screen into the space and using it for the things we've discussed before that I still use my Mac for. Like I can see this working. Now the question is longevity. Can I wear it for an eight hour shift? How long do I need to go before I take a break? And I do take breaks, you know, I'll get up and stretch and walk. So, um, letting my eyes rest once an hour, you know, for five, 10 minutes, not going to be, uh, too much of a problem. Should I, I, There will be stretches of time, of course, when we're super busy and I'll have a couple hours where it's on my face, but at the end of the day, if I really just need to take the thing off, I still have everything else to work from. I can still grab my iPad uh, and replicate that system and just continue working without really any interruption. So I do think this is going to, as long as the comfort factor and everything else works, the way I expect it to I fully intend on trying at the least to work from it for uh, initially to see where it can go and if it can and if it works out I will continue working from it
0: several months ago uh, most people who have used Apple Vision Pro to date have done so under heightened circumstances Apple produced walkthroughs in person before they were even allowed to take it home and things. But there is one exception, which is Apple insiders, uh, Mike Wortherly. He managed to get to use one for some hours without Apple even being around and things. And I thought it was interesting that he came away with a more negative attitude to vision pro than most other people at the time. Um, uh, he's not here to say his reasons why, but uh, I think his basic point was that he felt it just wasn't finished yet. That it was good, but not good enough yet. Does that sound <coughs> plausible to you? Or, I mean, it was months ago. Things have moved
1: For, on. From my understanding, what Mike interacted with wasn't complete. And he oh. says that what he's seen in press since is uh, much, especially the release model, is is a much more finalized version of that hardware and uh with eyesight working and everything like that um so not everything was there but also mike's a mac user like uh like you and um yeah, from, yeah. i and i've been standing by this from the beginning i feel like mac users that view the vision pro see it as this kind of accessory this uh, just, just like the, just like the iPad, it's kind of, can I really do what I need to do from this? There's no command line here. There's no, you know, I can't bring in my, uh, text expander or anything like that into this, like clipboard management's going to be a mess. And it's all the same, you know, complaints from Mac users that they would have about an iPad. It's this glorified tool. That's basically an iPad that doesn't really work the way that they want it to. And, that all makes sense, and I don't think there's any problem with that. It's not going to be for everyone. This is an incredibly niche device. Even iPad users exist that are going to be like, no, thank you, because I don't want to strap a thing to my face. I'm fine with it because I've used VR before. I don't find it particularly uncomfortable. Um, so I'm willing to give this a try. Again, maybe I'll put it on and I just get sick and can't use it. I don't know. We'll uh, find out. Yeah. Um, I mean, so I, I want we'll to just... see. I don't disagree with Mike Mike Mike's opinions that I've heard from him and he actually has a story we're going to have in the show notes about uh, me Me and Mike kind of bounce this idea of because we have such differing opinions let's write each other's uh-huh. opinions down and as of your listening today um, Mike you know has a story that came out I believe on Wednesday that. Sh- discusses why apple vision pro is going to be an uphill climb why it's got a few battles on its hands it's going to be um a difficult thing for apple to prove needs to exist and uh mine's come come out today as, as it as we release um so you can go read it right now and uh, i'll poke william to make sure it gets in the show notes uh we'll see uh, friday morning yeah, okay. but um <laughs> but um I, I wrote a I wrote a similar story, uh basically opposing that, saying, Okay, here's why Apple Vision Pro wins and I can explain a little bit of that yes, now please. if you want.
0: I mean I feel like I'm pressing you on Apple Vision Pro a lot, but you are the guy who's just spent a lot of money buying one and I'm not. So uh I think you're more invested in this literally. So yeah, gimme. Give gimme give the reasons. Convince me.
1: All right, so so just to get Get a little bit into what Mike said first. He 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 brings up the pricing and he talks a little bit about um the consumer market and just how do we define this thing as successful and how how are we going to discuss this thing going forward? What's actually the play here and is it actually a glorified dev tool as people suggested and just kind of these kinds of conversations. And he lays out a lot of good points. I actually don't really disagree with any of his points. It's true. This is a very niche product. It's very expensive. It's not going to sell in massive numbers. Um, So how will this be defined as a success or failure? And we're never going to really know because Apple's not going to tell us. And what we're going to hear from Apple is the good stories. And I actually compare this to HomePod in my piece uh, similarly because Apple still sells HomePod. People use it. Can we actually say HomePod was a success or not? We don't know. Uh, I, a lot would say that it was a failure. And uh, and I think a lot of people are going to say Apple Vision Pro, at least in its first iteration, is probably going to be some kind of failure. But what does that even mean? When, we're, like, when we look back at iPhone and how many units it sold compared to iPhone 4 and 5, mm. was the original iPhone a failure? I don't think so. It was a stepping stone. And that's kind of the point of view that I come from. So go go read Mike's uh, first because that's the order they came out in. I think they make more sense that way. Read Mike's story and then read, read my story. So my story is a little bit more upbeat, of course. I have a more positive uh, view on the matter. Let me pull up my draft so I can see a little bit of what I'm <laughs> – remember what I wrote down. Um, so basically um, – my concept is let's explain the different ways Apple vision pro wins. So first does it need a killer app? Why does this thing exist? Why is it out today? Why didn't Apple just wait to release uh, some Ray-Ban sunglasses that does AR pop-ups in 2028, right? Like why is this here now? And the resounding answer that I came to And I think the biggest reason why Apple Vision Pro, A, needs to exist and why it already wins, it doesn't even need – we don't even need to have just gotten through pre-order weekend to know why Apple Vision Pro wins. And that's because it needed to get released to the wider audience. We needed Vision OS in developer hands. Hardware needed to be in real people's hands because they had reached the limits of their production, of their development internally. And unless they had released this thing to the world, who knows what we'd have gotten in two more years. We'd have maybe gotten some Google Glass-esque prideful nonsense that actually never work in the real world because only people in uh, a locked lab in Cupertino have ever used it, right? So this is the product that we get because this is us at this point helping Apple develop this program. And that's great. We've seen this work before. That is not a bad thing. People treat it as a bad thing. Beta test in public or whatever. Uh, Google does it with literally everything they've ever released. Um, Apple doesn't tend to do it as much, but they have successfully. Apple Watch accidentally was that. They didn't know (laughs) that they were going to be beta testing Apple Watch in public. But when they released that first version and saw what people actually use it for, watchOS 2 was such a dramatic shift from watchOS 1. It tells us everything we need to know about that, about their product development timeline and realizing, oh, having this thing in the real world actually taught us something. And I think they're being more deliberate with Vision, Vision Pro. It's out in the world. People are going to have their hands on it next week. Developers have been working the simulator. Already, we're seeing such different things than what Apple expected. And once the hardware is in people's hands, it's going to shift even more. So that by this fall, by this winter, I think Apple's going to have an actual story for vision pro and why consumers need to buy it so it's a success in its own right that it needed to exist so vision os could run basically right um vision o- vision pro is going to be the paradigm for the next three years and maybe it's launching as a developer tool i wouldn't use the word glorified because that's a you know it's yeah. treating it as a pejorative i think it actually i think it works. It's not, I wouldn't call it a pure dev tool though. It's obviously an entertainment device. It's obviously a consumer device, but it is launching, mostly being purchased by devs and um, higher end consumers. But as we go along, yes, the price isn't going to change. It's not going to decrease. But in 2025, Apple's going to have a better story for this thing. People are going to probably hopefully have a little more money if the market recovers a little bit. Uh, they're going to be st- still selling these things. They're going to sell them as, as quickly as they can make them because it's an Apple product, first and foremost, but it's a good-looking one that is entering the market with some really radical hardware. It, And this is my second point. Look at every... So, so before I get to my second point, what do you think of Only my first point?
0: I really hope you like it when you get it because if it's disappointing, you're going to be crushed, aren't you? If you're feeling sick using it and you don't like it, that's awful. That's what I was thinking there at that moment. This episode is brought to you by Notion. Notion combines your notes, docs and projects into one space that's simple and beautifully designed. It's this idea of one space that's important. Notion is so expensive, it's so capable that you could do everything in it. But that means you also need it to be simple so that you can have one tool and one place to go do everything you need to get all you need in one place. Now, there's also there's no shortage of helpful AI tools out there, but using those means switching back and forth between yet another set of digital tools. So instead of you know simplifying your workflow, speeding things up, it all just becomes more complicated, more things to deal with, unless, of course, you're in Notion. The fully integrated Notion AI helps you work faster, write better, and think bigger, doing tasks that would, you know, would normally take you hours in just seconds right there in your work you can ask notion to search your projects you can set up automation so that you concentrate on the work you need to do while notion does the organization that normally you have to try notion for free when you go to notion.com slash apple insider that's all lowercase letters notion.com slash apple insider to try the powerful easy to use notion ai today and when you use our link is supporting our show. Notion.com dot slash Apple Insider. Thanks to Notion for its support of the Apple Insider podcast. Your anyway, second point. Um, yes. So
1: yeah. My second point, um this is an a win for innovation. Uh look back as far as you can and you can maybe sure let's let's go all the way back to uh, what's that um Steven Spielberg Uh, Ready Player One, right? Uh, Mm -hmm. Right, or we can even go back to uh, my first... Back to your first... (laughs) We can go back, my my first interaction with what you can consider uh, VR, which really wasn't, Uh, Virtua Boy, which uh, seared your eyes out and gave you cancer (laughs) in uh, the 1980s. (laughs) Um, So the the Virtua Boy, right? But but looking even from the Virtua Boy to the Oculus to the meta quest three and the evolution and the, and the other, you know, HTC Vive, what is the similarity? It's a big set of goggles and a couple of giant controllers. And it has been the same paradigm of interaction for years. Cause you need something for your eyes. You need something for your hands. Apple didn't do that. And uh, in a way, and that required a lot of need to leave the trodden road, right? And Apple's good at doing that. They left and they found not only did they do eyesight to make things less isolating. Yes. It's weird. We'll see how it actually feels uh, for other people to look at you and see what they think about that. But um, I think them trying to treat the isolation dilemma of VR is very important. No one else is bothered, right? Um, Hand tracking. Other things do this. Yes. Don't write me. They do it badly. Let's, let's be clear. Um, This is, one-to-one hand tracking at first i was i actually had kind of a crisis the other night i was like wait a minute can you actually grab objects and hold them in your hand (laughs) uh or is this all look and pinch gestures and i kind of was like wait a minute no you can only pinch right no actually i finally found a, a demo of the DJ experience, with people hitting buttons <laughs> right. in, in the in the in the virtual view on the digital turntable, scratching the record, so you will be able to interact with objects. I was a little worried for a second. So their their tracking is good enough that they they know your hands are doing things. It's not just a look and click phenomenon. So you're it's not a glorified mouse paradigm, which is great. Um, so they innovated in that sector, which really needed it. Uh, Pass through technology has been garbage. Again, don't write me. I know the the other headsets have it. You can see a black and white blurry space that's something out of twilight zone in some of these headsets. It's not great. Some of them have better pass through, sure, but still not on this level. This is a whole different thing. It's still going to be a headset. You're still going to see pixels. It's not going to be your living room. I understand. It's still better. <laughs> so Apple had to come in and innovate in these spaces and generate this very expensive first headset. I mean, we're talking the most expensive thing you can buy now is like $1,500. And it still needs a computer attached to it, of course. So you could easily get to Vision Pro prices quickly if you bought, like I think it's HTC Vive and a PC that you need to run it properly, Mm. a high resolution. Yeah, you could get to Vision Pro prices. But Apple's next level, the whole thing's a computer. And it doesn't have fans. Well, it has a cooling mechanism. I believe... If I understand correctly, there is a very quiet fan or some air mover in there of some kind to, to dissipate heat because it's necessary to get it off of your face. But we're not talking <laughs> Intel cooling, right? And the battery is off of your head, so the battery isn't heating up your forehead either. So all these considerations needed to happen and removing the the battery from the headset no one else did that, right? <laughs> the battery, I believe, in the uh, HoloLens is strapped to the back yeah. of your head. So it's just interesting. So th- that's my second point is Apple's innovations in these field in this field is going to lead to a new paradigm shift. So an Apple not calling it VR on purpose, calling it spatial computing yeah. and pushing for this kind of computing means Samsung and Microsoft are going to follow in their footsteps because that's yes. what they do. And we're going to see spatial devices like apple vision pro from other companies and this is going to create a new revolution in computing so that's a win on its own for consumers and everyone
0: you are very convincing about this and and i want this to all be true but i realize it's a small thing that i'm holding back on and i don't really know why um you keep uh making the analogy that the uh, vision pro is an ipad and i i can't see that for some reason i don't think it's a mac i don't think it's an ipad i think it's its own thing but since we are talking iPads. It's definitely its own I thing. I mean, we've got some actual iPads coming, haven't we? Yeah.
1: Oh one I had one last point and this one's quick. <laughs> Before we get to iPads. Um so Vision Pro, my final point, and this is all in the article and I break it down much more, uh so I I'm not just <laughs> reading the whole article out loud, don't worry, guys. Um but the, the last point I had was there was a financial success here. And people are going to roll their eyes. What they only sold 180 thousand. I did the math. Uh, I, I put it in here for William to judge. But if Apple sold a, a bare minimum 180 thousand an opening weekend, they made about a 680 million dollars. Oh. <laughs> if they only sold the base units, and we know there's higher storage tiers, so if they only sold them at 34.99, no accessories, they made Oodles. Uh, 680 Oodles, million that's
0: dollars. That's what they
1: made. Yeah. Okay. Meta. Oodles. Oodles uh Meta Quest 2 it, so I'm not talking 3 cuz that just came out Meta Quest 1 was an so- abject failure only sold 2 million units the Meta Quest 2 sold ab- approximately by estimates 18 million units across its entire lifespan i oh, think of about ask. 5 years yeah. um so uh and if we assume only they sold the 499 version which there was a 399 version so i'm i'm discounting that let's let's give them the weight here they only sold five hundred dollar models. That means they made seven point two billion dollars. So, in Apple's opening weekend of, they were able to make almost ten percent of what MetaQuest sold in five years. <laughs> okay. Just, I understand it's very different. It's one hundred eighty thousand versus uh, eighteen million. I I get the magnitude of numbers that we're dealing with here, but yeah. is are we really going to sit here and say Apple Vision Pro isn't going to be a financial success? They're going to sell as many as they can make in the next year. And uh, we saw a report from, I believe, JPMorgan Chase, one of one of those banks, suggesting Apple could hit two uh, up to 600,000 units sold by the end of 2024. And uh, that math I have not done, but you can do it yourself and see $3,500 multiply that. Very significant income just from a, quote-unquote, glorified dev kit. Well, Back I'm to thinking, I listened to you on
0: this, and I think we can conclusively prove that Vision Pro does have at least one fan. Okay? You see what I did there, didn't you?
1: <laughs> <laughs> that Well, mine's supposed to be the positive one. We can get we should, Mike on here, and actually, he can tell us about yes, how much he dislikes
0: it. Isn't he getting one as yeah. well? That'd be <laughs> oh, that'd be so interesting. The two of you facing off, you through your Apple Vision client. We've got to do that. We'll figure that out someday. But uh, iPads. Oh, goodness. I love iPads. I have no reservations about iPads. I want more iPads. And I'm going to get them. And I understand you know exactly when and what. Yes? Yes? Oh.
1: No. Uh, there's plenty of rumors, and we have a little roundup here. Um, actually, the rumors have been pretty light. Uh, it's mostly just been repeats. It's going to be OLED, and they're going to come out in 2024, Uh, but we have a story here. I just wanted to include it in the show notes. This wasn't going to be too much of a huge topic. We are running out of time, but um, I just want to point out OLED iPad Pros um, and iPad Mini uh, 7 is expected. No OLED, likely, Uh, maybe. Uh, that, that's a, that's kind of a 50, 50, but definitely no promotion. So if you want an iPad mini with faster refresh rates, probably not going to happen, but Apple did say they plan on mitigating that jelly scrolling. Everyone complains about, so we'll see. And of course, an iPad 11 and an, and the new iPad airs, which will be not OLED. So they will be, um, standard led, but the 11 inch and 12.9 inch sizes and iPad air, uh, nomenclature. So that's sometime in 2024. I'm hoping maybe a little bit of wiggle room after vision pro if this all comes out in march i might hurt (laughs) myself uh trying to bend over backwards to figure out finances for any of those things so we'll we'll see how it all goes um but um some point this year is the word and i mean obviously we went a whole year without updates so uh will they be all at once will they be staggered out? out
0: was the wilderness year for ipads yes that was my serious documentary voice there. Uh, the very last thing I want to ask you about, and I've been waiting for this for a week now. Um, this is going back to iPad Pros. You mentioned a particular thing that you do, which I think is transformative, and I don't fully understand how you do it. It was to do with clipboard managers. Now, you mentioned an app called Paste, which I have reviewed. Sorry, I should say this. I mean, if you know what a clipboard manager is, it's obvious, but nobody ever explains it, so let me say Uh, You know when you copy something and you can paste it somewhere else, yeah? But if you copy something and then you copy something else, the first thing you copy is gone, unless you have a clipboard manager and it keeps everything. So you can paste the last but one thing, you can paste the thing you pasted this morning, all of that. Once you have them, you can't let go of them. I want to recommend the one in Alfred 5, but there are dozens, hundreds possibly of these. They're all great, absolutely indispensable once you've used them once. They're not on the iPad. Now, you said you use an app called Pace, which I have reviewed on the Mac, and I didn't like it because, uh, I mean, it does the job. It's very good at it, but it's a very visual thing. It was showing me images of pages, and I, j- I just want the text, please. But you have got Paste working all the time on an iPad, which doesn't have a clipboard manager, and I need to know how it works. How do you actually do this?
1: Uh, so first, you need two iPads, so that knocks most everyone out of the room. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I, if you've seen my desk before, um, and there's an image of it on the iPad's Pro's um, art for the episode, uh, I have a my iPad Pro hooked up to my studio display floating next to it on this ARM thing, and my iPad Mini on a little holder uh, to the bottom left. And up until recently, because uh, as I've said, I've, I've moved to a different setup, in recent uh, weeks, but until recently I've had my iPad mini as an always on kind of display, which is fine that they, they manage their displays. Now I haven't noticed any burn in issues, Um, but I leave it on during the shift while I'm working. And it usually has Slack on one side and paste on the other. And the paste window on the iPad mini is great because universal clipboard. If I copy something on my iPad, it populates paste on the iPad mini. So I have a complete history of everything I copy, um, at the ready. So if I'm like, ah, I just accidentally erased a URL I needed, or I just erased an entire feature I wrote or something, it's all there. in the clipboard manager on uh, the iPad mini. So universal clipboard comes to the rescue there and it works a hundred percent of the time. Uh, as far as I've noticed, universal clipboard hasn't failed. Um, what does like to mess up is moving that across devices sometimes, but it, tap on what I need on the iPad mini, uh, hit command V on the iPad pro. And then there you go. It's uh, back oh, on the excellent. iPad. So.
0: Um, I've actually loaned an iPad to somebody. I might give them a call later and take it back. For it. <laughs> okay. Yeah.
1: Well, sin- since then I've, I've, I've uh, brought the iPad mini back in as more of a music display because uh, as you know, I have my Mac back at my desk as a um, kind of, what what's the word for it just (laughs) i keep forgetting the word
0: that's the phrase to describe your mac oh
1: that that's it it's kind of kind of a uh oh i always forget the word a status (laughs) board kind of I, i leave it running for um universal control management and i have paste running there so the paste management uh the universal clipboard management has moved to the mac but I'm not really using the Mac except to access desktop Chrome rarely when I need to for work, yada, yada. But that is all very moot because in about 10 days, my entire desk is going to get rearranged again. So we'll see how that goes.
0: Years of the Mac and you're using it for copy and paste. <laughs> and got on that bombshell. No, I don't want to talk to you anymore. <laughs> Thank you for that. Now, oh, sorry. I
1: think uh, if if we have maybe five more minutes, I wanted to run through yes, a couple of things. yes. Hmm. All right, so so um Schmigadoon. Oh, did you Shmigadoon enjoy Schmigadoon?
0: Wonderful, and it's been cancelled. Even though they've written it's the so series, apparently. I mean, at least they've done twenty-five songs for it, and we're not going to hear them ever. So that that was a low
1: moment. It's yeah. miserable. Do, do you believe all these Apple TV? plus cancellations? like we've, we've seen several in the last uh, three or four months. Are they all related, do you think, to the writer's strike renegotiating? Oh, so deals much and, happened because of plans? the strike.
0: Uh, first look deals. Uh, this wasn't an Apple thing. This was an industry thing. After a certain amount of time, all the first look deals that streamers had with companies just stopped so they would have to be all renegotiated i think some of them just re-upped straight yeah. away but it's through everything i mean i know silo was actually in production of its second series and i cannot find out for anybody whether yeah. it's resuming for it i
1: i believe silo yeah. is resuming i i do know f- uh from people discussing it severance oh, has resumed good. filming so severance is coming back thank goodness because that was such a good show um yeah we'll we'll see i mean obviously the other ones uh for all mankind already pretty much confirmed um foundation is coming back so we'll we'll see about the rest but uh some of these shows that have been cancelled I was really excited for, and yeah they're more of the b tier apple t v plus shows but uh we saw several go one I thought was clever was
0: uh, apple announced um, a t- fifth season order for slow horses, but I already knew it had that because uh a year ago now they filmed two at a well, time. they were at least prepared. I knew last January I knew they'd already filmed. we 've had three aired now. it was two then third has come out since I knew they 'd already finished the fourth and that they were at least in expectation of a fifth, so they were working on it and then they did the whole thing of arranging gary Oldman's schedule so that all his stuff for the latest robotic, I want is got filmed before the actor' strike kicked in, so they were ready and could keep going. For it. I mean, a lot of the cast are British, so they're not part of uh, SAG AFTER, but uh, Gary Oldman obviously is. So there was a lot of logistics and juggling, and they've kept going. So I think they've done a marvellous job there, and we won't even see uh, a distraction. I mean, that sounds very um, uh, critical of the strike. The strike was essential, and Writers Guild and SAG AFTER did
1: great things. No, yeah, it was very uh, But needed. there is a
0: cost. And it's it's, it's uh, I'm glad Slow Horses yes. isn't affected. Yeah.
1: It's a, it's upsetting to lose things that you cherish but the uh, obviously the strike was necessary but um it still pains me a little to see so many good franchise yeah. like so many good things end so soon but uh things that aren't ending is uh Killers of Flower Moon's run through award season we we see that it got uh Thanks. 10 nominations yeah. um yeah so that's exciting still haven't watched it I don't know why, just haven't had time, but I'm very much excited yeah. to uh, I'm, take a I'm look at that film. I'm kind of film. more rooting be, for Barbie good myself.
0: I adore that film, and the script was amazing. Oh, just Barbie! Joyful, yeah. The last line. I mean, yeah. Isn't it the? Yeah. I'm not going to spoil it.
1: Oh, of yeah. course. Isn't it yeah. the uh, the what what what's the word? I I wouldn't say ironic, but isn't it? <laughs>
0: Ken got the yeah. nomination
1: and not Barbie or go, Eagle, Margot. Yeah. I think just, um, not everybody yeah. realizes that Margot yeah. Robbie didn't
0: just star in it. She created the whole project. So actually she officially, she is nominated yeah. for an Oscar as part of the production for it. But yes, somebody was pointing out for that's sure. basically the but, plot of Barbie that the man gets the nomination. It's got, yeah. yeah.
1: Well, they've given them the plot of uh, Barbie too, where Ken gets nominated for an Oscar. Um, Children's programming took a hit. Uh, we, I saw this coming. I don't know if anyone else did. Their children's programming is very PBS, Disney Junior, nineteen ninety eight, and I really want them to grow up. So maybe, uh, sadly, that took firing a few well, people. <laughs> so uh, we saw a few H. people only, There's only a handful. Funny about the number eight. Yeah, that eight feels eight to
0: me like it's one show got canned. I mean, I don't know, and we wouldn't ever work out what it was. <laughs> yeah, but it, and you know, they weren't redeployed, so I don't know what was going on there. But, yes, it's curious times at Apple yeah. TV+. plus. But so interesting, isn't it? I remember 2019 it started and you wanted it to be good and there was nothing decent for ages. And then Ted Lasso broke and suddenly, that's, I, I've often said this, every service needs one breakout hit. And once it's got that, bang. Absolutely. And that's exactly what happened with Apple TV because of Ted Lasso, even if I don't and like it. One, yeah.
1: Yeah. one last yes. bombshell for you william and i'll <laughs> let you go apple car has been delayed till 2028 what shall you do with all that money you're saving for apple car buy a few well, no, Vision Pros thing is,
0: i understand why uh they're trying to get the exact right shade of blue and that is remarkably difficult people don't <laughs> appreciate that at all so you know i i can't criticize them for perfection really i can't this is now getting silly. Right. Uh next week will be very serious on the Apple side of pocket. We'll have we'll be in ties, shirts, everything very very serious the whole way through. That doesn't sound likely, does it? But we'll be closer to Apple Vision Pro.